0: Hey y'all Rochelle here and Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform
1: or share us on social media. so more folks out there can join the Idgets and Aspets family and don't forget to subscribe as well. So you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Uh, today we are talking about season nine, episode twenty, called Bloodlines. Um, I'll just say real quick that the first time I saw this episode, I kind of hated it. Yeah, Um, it's very different, um, and I know we'll get into why, but it's very different than all the other episodes. Um, and I kind of didn't like it. Like, it was just I don't know if it was just like you're introduced to so many people. You know what I mean? And just yeah, I'm not into the whole like mob storyline anyways and shows and stuff yeah. you know that just is interesting for to me I mean like real life mob stuff is interesting but just like I, d- I don't know it's just not my, yeah. it's not my thing you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. so I just was like eh, eh. and then I should probably talk about this later but I'm just gonna say it right now <laughs> the main guy really annoyed the fuck out of me and I think it's kind of like you know, Sam and like maybe that second episode where he's just like too angry and moody and I'm just wanna be like, dude, fucking chill. Like I know, I like, get breathe, are,
0: man, like breathe, man, you know? <laughs> breathe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just I just didn't connect with him in any way because he was you know, just he was just reacting to everything with anger and I don't like that. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you know, anyway, okay, I'll I'll talk about it more, I guess, when it's more appropriate. Okay, so we start out. Uh it's nighttime. We see a view of the Chicago skyline. Uh a young man uh and woman named uh Ennis. Did I say that right? Ennis Ross and uh, his so. girlfriend Tamara. Tamara? Tamara? I think Tamara. Tamara, okay. Wow. Okay, so confession. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched this in a couple weeks. Also I haven't done these notes in a couple of weeks. So I have no idea what's gonna come out of my mouth. <laughs> it's all good Clearly uh, the right way to pronounce everyone's name Is not going to come out of my mouth So okay Ennis mm-hmm. and Tamara okay. They go into Il Secundo Which is an upscale restaurant uh, Tamara says This place is beautiful Ennis says oh it is alright uh, You're beautiful Tamara mm-hmm. says look Ross If you think laying it on thick like that's going to get you somewhere tonight Ennis says I'm right Tamara yes. says, you're totally right. Okay, Phil, why are we here? Uh, but instead of answering, Ennis gets up to go talk to the, uh, the host, whose name is Maurice. Uh, he says to Tamara, hold that thought. So he goes over to Maurice, who says, Mr. Ross, I hear it's a big night. Ennis says, yeah, the biggest. And then he shows Maurice an engagement ring. Ennis says, can you put this in a glass of champagne? Something nice? marie says how unique which um not kind sir i know you're like in a snooty upscale restaurant but like dude i know like Wait, but if that's
0: how from- he wants to do it that's how he wants to do it and you never know like maybe that's like her dream way to
1: get proposed to and he knows that like yeah, like of that you know yeah and you're just like adding this like unhappy memory of someone being shitty you know to like your happy engagement story like that's just that's yeah. really unkind like, i thought
0: why you know
1: yeah so anyway okay um so maurice then sees sal Lasseter and his bodyguard marv enter um and maurice kind of dismisses and is to greet sal maurice says sal hey long time no see sal says too long maurice How you been man maurice says good how are you doing Good. Good to see you. Ennis, who is being ignored now, says, dude, man, we were just talking. Marv says, you got a problem? Cel says, oh, chill out, Marv. And just then Ennis sees Marv's reflection in a mirror on the wall and sees that, um, I just forgot. Oh, that Mars reflection is like all monstery. I can't remember mm. what type of monstery, but shit was not right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Ennis is, uh, you know, a little stunned. Sal says, it's all good, yeah? Uh, Ennis says, yeah. Maurice says, this way, gentlemen. And he leads Sal and Marv towards a private room. Ennis watches them leave and is like incredibly super annoyed to be dismissed like that. So we That's follow... I would be, you know? Like, yeah, really? that was pretty messed up, yeah. So we follow uh, the monster, guys. guys. Um, Sal says, how have you been? Maurice says, good, Mr. Laster, good. Sal says... Sometimes you can give, and sometimes you get, huh? Marie says, and sometimes you really get. And then Marie's keys in a coat to unlock a door, and we go into the VIP room. Uh, This bar is filled with, um, you know, lots of monstery people. Uh, (laughs) A woman comes up to greet Sal, and he says, hey, Mindy, you miss me? Mindy says, aw, I liked you as a blonde. And she walks away. Sal <laughs> just like,
0: mm, not yeah. that good because yep. you don't look how I want you to, <laughs> you know, like.
1: So Sal runs his hands through his hair and it changes from brown to blonde, which I would really like that ability. Thank you. Yeah,
0: that'd be kind of cool.
1: That'd be amazing. So Sal crosses the room and we see all the people are various supernatural beings, and he goes to the bar which is being tended by Mindy. Sal says, "Better. I hear they have more fun." Uh, a man named Julian Duval walks up and Sal says, hello, Julian. I'm not looking for trouble. I just want a drink. Julian says, and I want to eat Taylor Swift's heart, but we can't always get what we want. Now get your shifter ass out of here. But Sal stays at the bar. Julian says, I wasn't asking. Sal says, you werewolves. You're so special when really you're just sons of bitches. And Marv chuckles and Julian punches Sal and they tussle a little bit. And Julian starts to wolf out and then they are separated. Um, Sal says, that all you got? Julian says, oh, trust me slugger, I got more, so much more, and he walks (laughs) away. (laughs) Sal says, where you going old yeller? And then we see a clawed metal hand rip open an electrical panel uh, somewhere in like some hallways and the lights go out in the VIP room. Uh, Everyone looks around and Mindy, Oh, and Mindy's, sorry, can't read my notes, apparently. Mindy's, like, <laughs> snake-like tongue flicks out of her mouth, which is creepy. <laughs> kind of like yeah. it, though. Uh, and a footed higger, a fitted hooker? Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> a fitted hooker, no. Uh, a hooded figure <laughs> enters the bar and begins punching people out. He slashes at Marv and Sal, and they fall down. Uh, there's blood spraying everywhere. We cut to outside of the restaurant. Um, and it is nearby a ferry landing. Uh, so Tamara and Ennis run down the stairs to the ferry landing. They're laughing and then they come to a stop. Tamara says, Ennis, what are we doing? No, that's not what she says. She says, Ennis, where are we going? (laughs) Ennis says, that place, it wasn't us. Tamara says, so you're dragging me to a ferry stop. Why? (laughs) Ennis says, we met on a ferry. That field trip, fifth grade. You had your hair in braids. And and I I couldn't take my eyes off you, Tam. This is us. So, and then Ennis takes out his engagement ring from his pocket. Tamara says, "Oh my God!" And then just then Sal comes down the stairs with like holding his bleeding stomach. Uh, Ennis rushes over to him, and Sal falls to the ground. Ennis yells, "Call 911! Call 911!" Sal says to Ennis, "David, I'm sorry." Ennis says, "David." Who's David? Sal says, I didn't have a choice. Then we hear Tamara scream as the hooded figure runs by and slams her against the metal wall. Her head is like cracked open and she falls to the ground immediately dead. And it's like screams, Tamara, Tamara. And he runs over to her. But the hooded figure slashes at him. I have no idea what I wrote here. Okay. So he slashes at him. Um, and then he, this doesn't even make sense. How am I doing? Okay. Uh, And then he, oh, and then he, so the hooded figure, like, goes and, like, slashes Sal again, killing him. So, um, Ennis is, like, holding Tamara's dead body, and he starts to cry. And then we get our opening title sequence. So... (laughs) Because supernatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, supernatural. Okay, so we cut to North Chicago, uh, the North Chicago University campus. It's now daytime. We're inside an office. The door reads, Office of Professor W.L. Graham, Mathematics Department Chair. So Professor Graham enters the outer area of his office where his assistant uh, is filing. She's a young woman. She says, Professor, what are you doing here? Graham says, uh, My office. Why aren't you at lunch? The assistant says, paperwork. I thought you and your wife had gone away for the weekend. Graham says we have. Well, we are. I just forgot something. Don't worry about it. So Graham enters, <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm not just <laughs> <laughs> you <saw nothing>. yeah. <laughs> So Graham enters his interior office and closes the door. He looks at his buzzing phone and sees the caller ID says Margo and he hits ignore. He inserts the USB into a desktop computer and be- begins copying a file labeled Spring Finals. Graham suddenly shapeshifts into a young man named David Lassiter and makes a call. David says, Matt, it's David Lassiter. Spread the word. I've got answers to the math final. 50 bucks a pop. I like this guy. Then this is the guy who was on um, the originals, right? This is is Elijah.
0: No, he played Cole.
1: Okay. I haven't watched that in forever. I don't remember anybody named Cole, but I believe you. Anyways, I quite liked him in, um, in that show, in that role. I was surprised Mm -hmm. to see him in this role again like i think i watched this before i ever saw that so i was like oh it's that guy and and he's such a like his his characters are just so different you know what i mean like i was almost like is this the same actor but it clearly is like
0: yeah oh for sure well and that's like i wonder which one came first if originals came first or this came first i feel like this probably would have come first
1: well he was on the vampire diaries as an original before they made the originals towards the end though i think yeah but like that did come first for his character like you know they introduced the oh, original yeah, no,
0: for sure yeah. but i'm saying but like, yes, in
1: terms of supernatural i don't know which one came first yeah
0: yeah
1: so well i mean because they tried to pick this up as a show so i think this came first because that well i mean I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess.
0: <laughs> I'm going to look but, it up because I'm curious. Okay.
1: I mean, the Vampire Diaries started before this point, but his character, I don't think, was introduced on the Vampire Diaries until after this episode of Supernatural aired.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what I'm sticking to. Okay. I don't know, I mean, yeah.
0: I'm okay. looking it up because okay. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he like kind of stepped aside and did this for a minute or if this was like before all that even happened, you know?
1: Yeah, that wouldn't make sense to me just because they tried to make this into a spinoff, you know, which means he would have been a Main character of this show, yeah. So, anyway, so um, this was
0: April twenty ninth,
1: two thousand fourteen. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. <clears throat> I uh of the originals, my favorite is the uh, the what's her name Claire Holt who plays Rebecca. Oh yeah, huh? well, not that not that she was like you know an amazing person, <laughs> but yeah. I did I think I think that actress is gorgeous, dear God, and I loved how like everyone with an accent called her Rebecca instead of Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my yeah. favorite thing about all of the originals is just calling her Rebecca. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I quite loved that. Yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing out
0: the dead. <clears throat> Okay, so it's bringing out the dead in vampire diaries. Okay. Bringing <laughs> out <the> dead. <clears throat> so that one was, oh, two years before. So that was
1: huh. February 2nd, 2012. I wonder why he would do that. Well, you know, I didn't watch the Vampire Diaries much but after that point, so... At
0: that point, I don't think that they necessarily, like, had the originals in mind. I mean, it's possible that they did have the originals in mind, but it's also possible that they didn't know that they were going to do the originals yet, so that he yeah. was just going to be, like, a little side character for, you yeah, know, a second. Yeah, but that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, Okay. I was just curious. I had to satisfy the curiosity. Or yeah. Else I just I, you know,
1: it's so funny, because in this episode, I feel like he looks... Way younger than he does in the vampire. D- well, obviously he's an immortal. And the- okay, whatever. He's thousands mm-hmm. years. That's not the point. The point is just as a, as a person, they make yeah. him look younger in this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So
1: kind of just like a bumbling, like college slacker kid. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Which is endearing. I like. I don't. Know. Anyway, I'm gonna stop talking about this guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I like him. I follow that's him on
0: Instagram. Okay. He's kind of a cool dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, I don't know if you're really far away from your microphone, but I can barely hear you.
0: No. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I don't, okay. All right. I'm going to keep going. I haven't changed anything. Okay. Um, so, okay. So David is leaving the building. Uh, Margo calls again and he answers. David says, Teddy's house of pinatas, cinnamon speaking. (laughs) <laughs> Margot Lasseter says, Not funny, David. Where the hell are you? You need to come home. David says, Margot, Margot, slow down. Margot says, David, listen to me. You have to come home now. David says, What do you mean? Margot says, It's about Sal. David says, What about Sal? Margot says, Our brother's dead. <laughs> so then we cut to inside a police interrogation room. Ennis is at the table talking to a detective. Ennis says, I know what I saw. Detective Freddy Costa says, and you're sure? I mean, sure, because what you're telling me about this faceless, whatever it is. Ennis says, that thing had claws. Freddy says, look, maybe you got confused. You know, maybe maybe it was some banger with a knife. I have no idea what that means. What's a banger? I mean, I have ideas about what a banger is, but not in that context. Like a gang so. banger? Oh, Okay. That's I don't not know. where I was going with that, but yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: That's the first thing that came into my mind, anyways. As far as I, like, just,
1: I mean, if you have clawed fingers and you are a banger, I am immediately concerned for my genitals. I just, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, just, all of that made me cross my legs. It's so. like
0: Exorcist.
1: You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it good. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> None of it's good. Anna <laughs> says, "I know what I saw." Freddie says. I am trying to help. Ennis says, by calling me a liar? Freddie says, wow, you are just like your old man. Nate Ross is a great cop. He taught me everything I know, but his temper never did him any favors. Look, you had a tough break, losing your dad as young as you did, and I have done all I can to help. But if you go off half-cocked, spouting this monster crap, or doing something stupid, I can't help you anymore, Ennis. Ennis says, I know what I saw. Um... Suddenly, Sam and Dean bust into the room. Dean says, hey. I know, it's about time. God, we're like seven minutes into the episode. <laughs> I know. Not that they always have to be in the start, but like, I like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dean <laughs> That's says,
0: like kind of the point of watching this Sam right, and Dean, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> Exactly. Dean says, agents, Bonham and Perth, FBI. We will take it from here. Freddie says, like hell you were. That's not what he says. He says, like hell you will. Since mm-hmm. when did the thieves start working stabbings? Dean says, listen, uh, detective, you're a perp, fits a certain profile. Now, I could go into detail, but I'm I'm not going to. And then Dean leads Freddy out of the room and closes the door. Sam says to Ennis, all right, let's talk about last night. Ennis says, why? So you can call me crazy, too? Dean says, try us. So he mm-hmm. got to you a few minutes later. Uh, Ennis says, and when I got to her, she... She, Sam says, there is nothing that you could have done. Ennis says, that's supposed to make me feel better? Look, this thing wasn't human. So what are you going to do about it? Dean says, I don't know what to tell you, kid. There's no such thing as monsters. Which made me cringe a little bit. I'm just going to say. I know.
0: He was just, like, very dismissive about the whole
1: thing. He was, yeah. I mean, at the same time, like, you can tell how angry this kid is. Like, this is how hunters start out. Truthfully. Yeah. Right? like. <laughs> Like, he is, you know, something unnatural, killed his girlfriend. I mean, that's, like, straight up how Adele starts for most people. Yep. Your family, member <laughs> or loved one, whatever, significant other gets killed, and you learn about that world. You and, Hulk out, you know? Like, so, <laughs> like, I think that that's why. I think they're just like, wow, this guy's going to ruin his whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. He goes that route, so let's like, just. Like, don't do it, dude. You yeah. Know? But like... it, was, it was dismissive, and it made me just like, you know, yeah. like. It was a little cringy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, bom, bom, bom. okay. So Sam and Dean leave. Uh, and this is like super pissed. Uh, we cut to the grounds outside the Lasseter residence. Um, Freddie, the detective says to Margo, calm down. Margo says, don't tell me to calm down detective. Just tell me the ghouls. What?
0: A, when in the history of telling somebody to calm down has that like ever actually worked to
1: calm somebody down no it just infuriates people more mm-hmm. <laughs> i've found i've had a lot of people tell me to calm down <laughs> and guess what no <laughs> like, be more helpful and give me yeah. uh, some alcohol or anything really and that yeah. might help okay <laughs> uh, okay I I dated this guy one time. He was super into like reggae and like the Rastafarian, you know, way of life, which means he was a big fucking pothead, which I'm not knocking, but you know, that was just his whole like reggae, you know, like all of it. Okay, that's fine. But like every time I got anxious, which guess what was a lot, he would put on like Bob Marley music and just be like, chill out, man. And it just made me so fucking annoyed. Like yeah, I would
0: be like, okay, this is not how we deal with this. Thank no, you. you like, know, like.
1: I, I, clearly it worked for him. You know what I mean? And I guess in hindsight, he was just trying to share his methods. But, like, he never vocalized that at all. So, I, in the moment, I was just like, fuck you, you know? Like, like really? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, okay. Um, bum-ba-bum-ba-bum. I am going to find out where I am in just a second. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Margo says, detective, just tell me. The ghouls, are they with us? Uh, They go inside, and Freddie says, maybe. Margo says, maybe? We don't pay you for maybe, Freddie. Cut to the chase. Detective Freddy says, all right, well, with your pop the way he is, and now that Sal's gone, the families have concerns. Margo says, tell the ghouls, the gin, and whoever, I run this family now. So they can either back us, or I'll bend him over, jam a 45, elbow deep, and empty the damn clip. Bless you.
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
1: oh, that's okay. <laughs> David, uh, walking down the stairs, says, "Margo." Margo looks shocked. She says, "You actually came." Freddie says, "Welcome home, David. Hey, I'm sorry about Sal. He was a, he was a good one." David says, "What happened to him?" Margo says, "Julian Duval happened." He and Sal had words in the back room of El Secundo. Then the wolf circled around and tore that place apart. He clawed out Sal's heart, and he will bleed for that. They all walk into another room where a couple of big dudes are, handi- are handling a bunch of weapons. Freddy says to David, maybe you can talk some sense into her, because I sure as hell can't. David says, Margo, what's with the NRA Christmas in here? What are you doing? Margo says, we're going to war. You don't like it? Talk to dad. So we cut to another room in the house where we see um, a hospital vitals monitor. There's a nurse and a man unconscious in the bed. The man's unconscious, not the man and the nurse. you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) David says, I didn't know Pop was this bad. Margo says, you've been gone three years. Things change. Uh, They leave the room and David says, Margo, are you sure it was Julian? Margo says, Costa's got a witness. David says, that saw Julian? Margo says, he hated Sal. You knew it, I knew it, the whole damn city knew it. The dick saw a shot and he took it. David says, that's a no. Margo says, the mutt gutted our brother. David says, you don't know that. And if the werewolves did this, Margo says, if? Look at you, falling all over yourself to defend the family that's had their foot on our neck for years. Oh, it's just like old times. Oh, by the way, your ex is getting married. You know that, right? Violet. Her father pimped her out to the New York Wolves to seal some deal. Uh, unkind, Margot. Jeez. <laughs> God. David says, I'm not saying don't fight. I'm saying be smart. Find out what happened. And if Julian did this, Margot says, yeah, you'll what? David, come on. You don't want this. You ran away to be a human. You always had a soft spot for him. Look, you're out. Stay out. So we cut to inside the Duval estate. Uh, Julian is pouring himself a drink. A male gin sits in a chair. Julian says, you sure I can't get you anything? Bourbon? Blood? The gin says, I'm fine. Do you really think the shifters will make a move? Margot is not stupid. Violet, uh, David's ex, walks into the room and says, Julian. Julian says, not now, Violet. Violet says, we need to talk, please. So they go into a hallway. Okay, I'm a little confused here. Who is Violet to Julian? Is that who she's marrying? Is that her brother? I am really confused at this point. We don't know Violet's last name. I think that's her brother. That's kind of what I got Okay, because But Julian, honestly,
0: like, I have no idea.
1: I, I was confused. So, okay, because Violet's a werewolf, right? They just said that. Julian is a werewolf, right? So that makes sense. And they said she was getting married to someone from New York. We're not in New York, so this must be her brother, right? Yes? Yes? I think that's her brother. Okay. They just never said that. And so I was just like, who? What? Okay. Okay. Maybe not important, but anyway. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: I honestly have no idea.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Violet says, I just heard, Sal Lassiter's dead. Julian says, oh dear, whatever shall I do? Violet says, did you kill him? Julian says, no. From the look of his body, Sal died quick. Violet says, wait, you saw his body? Julian says, I'm thorough, aren't I? Violet says, then who killed him? Julian says, like I care. Violet says, why are you meeting with the jinn?" Julian says, because that whore Margot Lassiter wants me dead. She thinks I sliced up her brother and I'm not gonna tell her any different. After what those shifters have done, chipping away at our territory, insulting us, there's a war coming. And I need tattoos in there on my side. Violet says, wait, Julian, stop. Uh, But Julian pushes her into a wall and grabs her face. He says, what do you think you're doing? You're the bitch in this pack, princess. Your job is to be pretty and silent. So war, no war, you don't get a vote. Who are you calling a bitch, bitch? I know, right? Punch him in the (laughs) balls, Violet. Punch him in the balls. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Werewolves Must have balls, okay. I would assume so. (laughs) I know, I mean, that just makes sense. So we cut to uh Ennis exiting a train, he walks to um his pretty rundown little house, um. He goes inside and looks in a closet, opens up a trunk labeled N-Roth. There's a photo of his dad and his cop dress uniform inside, along with a revolver, and hidden in a box, some silver bullets with a symbol carved into him. Uh, we cut to the ferry landing. It's daytime. Uh, the crime scene is being investigated as Ennis looks down on it. He flashes back to a memory of Tamra being killed. Um, Ennis in the flashback says, no, no, Tamra! <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but people being in distress, apparently, in fiction makes me giggle. So, okay.
2: Uh,
1: (laughs) Back in the present time, uh, Ennis breaks into the back room of El Secundo. He sees broken glass and claw marks and blood everywhere. Ennis hides behind the bar when he hears someone into the room. It's Maurice pushing a janitor's bucket and mop. Maurice sniffs out Ennis. So, Ennis gets up and points his gun at Maurice. Ennis says, Chicago PD, stay right where you are. Maurice says, I don't think so. And then Maurice opens his mouth, and we see that he's got some vampire teeth hanging out. Ennis says, what the? and as <laughs> Who the Maurice hell are you? <laughs> I know. As Maurice is about to attack Ennis, someone cuts Maurice's head off. And we see that it is Dean holding his bloody machete, and Sam is with him. Dean says, he looks better with a little off the top, don't you think? You want to run? Now's the time. Anna says, I'm not going anywhere until somebody tells me what the hell's going on. Dean says, mm, you should go. Anna says, no. Dean says, all right, Sammy, give him the talk. Sam says, all right, look, my name mm-hmm. is Sam Winchester. That's my brother, Dean. We, uh, we kill vampires and werewolves and demons. And basically, we chase down evil and we cut its head off. Anna says, so what, you're monster cops? Dean says, Hunters. Enna says, "Then what killed my girlfriend?" Dean says, "We're working on it, okay? And from what you told us, uh, this thing sounds new." Or Freddy Krueger. Enna says, "What about the guy I saw in the mirror with the, the messed up face?" Sam says, "It's probably a race. Look, a lot of these things they can look human until you catch them in a mirror or sometimes a camera." Anna says, "So, so you find this this whatever and you're gonna you're gonna chop its head off." Sam says, "Yeah, or sometimes when in doubt, try a silver bullet." Dean says, "Hey, Sammy." Sam says, "Yep." Dean, who has been looking inside cabinets behind the bar, says, "This is full of blood and meat. A lot of meat. Actually, yeah. this one's a this one's labeled Susan." Sam says, Yuck. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Sam says, "What is this? Some kind of back room?" And it says, "Monster VIP." Dean says, "Yeah, well, If it is, and Sal Lasseter was here, Sam says, then he's not human. Dean says, so what, we got monsters killing monsters now? Sam says, maybe. We got to see the body. Ennis says, I'm coming with you. Dean says, no, you're going to stay. Ennis says, or what, huh? You got to hurt me? Kill the girl I love? Ruin my damn life? Yeah, you're too late. Sam says, he's so annoying. He is (laughs) so annoying. God, (laughs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Sam says, Ennis, listen, I get it. Believe me, I've been there. But what we do, it's messed up. So do yourself a favor and stay out. You can get hurt too. Dean says, okay. So Sam and Dean leave. Uh, We cut to Ennis' house. He's looking at a picture of Tamara. Then to some information he pulled up about Sal Lassiter on his computer. Sal was a vice president of a blood management business. Ennis looks at a silver bullet and then there's a knock on the door. It's the detective, Freddy Costa. Freddy says, hey, can we talk? Anna says, about what? Freddy says, last night. This thing you killed, Tamara. Tam- I don't know why. I feel like I'm saying her name different every single time, but that's fine. Tamara. I think Tara. you're saying it the same way. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Uh, Freddy says, what did it look like? Anna says, thing? You said it was some banger with a knife. Freddy uh, comes inside the house and says, Chasing down every lead, kid. Ennis says, like I told you, it didn't have much of a face. Freddy says, he, it, whatever. Say anything? Ennis says, I told you that, too. Freddy says, then tell me again. Ennis says, hey, if you got the time, why don't you hang around? Dad's working the graveyard, but he'll be home soon, and he'd love to see you. Freddy says, sure, be good to see him, too. Ennis pulls out his phone, holds it up, and says, sorry, text. Ennis turns on his phone camera and sees that Freddy has weird shifter eyes that are glowing. <laughs> Freddy says, no worries. Look, Ennis, I uh, I know this is hard. Ennis says, see, uh, that thing slashed up my jacket pretty good. Forensics went over it, but well, you want to see it? Freddy says, that'd be great. So they go inside uh, Ennis's dad's room. Ennis covertly grabs the gun from the closet along with the jacket. Freddie says, I appreciate this, kid, really. Ennis tosses a jacket to distract Freddy and aims the gun at him. Ennis says, hey, look, there's a silver bullet in this gun. Freddie says, Ennis, Ennis, don't. Ennis says, you're not Freddy Costa, so who are you? Freddie then shifts into David and says, my name is David Lassiter. I'm a shapeshifter. I just want to say real quick, I appreciate that they just, like, magically shapeshift, probably for time, but, like, what happened to all the shapeshifter goo? You know, wasn't that like... A I know, right? Where they movie? had to, like, peel themselves. Yeah, like, and I mean, yeah, that took some time and was a lot of goo and probably, you know, <laughs> effects. But, like, yeah, I, I liked wonder. that part of Shave Shifters. Like, when that baby, if... like, exploded into another baby. There was splatter on the walls, you know? I, I want know. To see some splatter.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it's because, like their old families maybe they have like a better way to do it or something I don't know you know like yeah I wonder the uh I'm sure we see shapeshifters later on but I can't honestly think of I can't remember to be honest you know like I don't know like if that if they kind of this is like the switching point for that yeah that's a thing or you know like yeah I don't remember
1: yeah, well, I missed the goo, just going to say. As <laughs> gross as it was, it made me giggle, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so he says, my name is David Lassiter. I'm a shapeshifter. Anna says, you're a what? David says, we shift our shape. Uh, it's kind of all there in the name. Uh, <laughs> Sal Lasseter was my brother. I'm just trying to find out who killed him. Anna says, so you slap on somebody else's face, huh? David says, it's kind of my go-to. Look, I read the police report. I know you lost someone, too. Anna says, Oh shut up. See, you don't talk about her. David says, You know what's going on out there? Do you have any idea? Anna says, freaks, hunters. Yeah, I got the basics. David says, Wow, you are so in over your head. Let me give mm-hmm. you the short version. Chicago is divided up between five monster families. Anna says, What? Is that a joke? David says, Do you hear a laugh track? Anna says, What about the police? David says, We own the police. Look, I'm talking shakedowns, organ trafficking. The werewolves run the Gold Coast, the gin owning the South Side. But we want to keep a low profile, so we keep the peace. And human casualties to a minimum. Anna says, a minimum. David says, look, I don't like it either, okay? But you know what's behind door number two? War. That's blood, human, and monsters in the street. And right now, there's exactly one guy trying to stop it. Anna says, wow, you know, good for you. I'd slip <sighs> flat, but well, my hands are a little full. David says, "Just stay out of it, okay? These cuts are f- these cuts? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what this means." He's oh, he's looking at the, okay, he's looking at the jacket um that's all cut up from you know slasher fingertips or whatever. And he says <laughs> he says these cuts are says hands silver. over there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Anna says, "How do you know?" David holds the jacket and says, "Because it burns." Ennis says, so? David says, Julian Duvall hasn't got silver claws. He's a werewolf. David tosses a jacket over Ennis's head to distract him and then runs right out of the house. Ennis says, hey, hey, and he chases David, but he cannot find him. So back inside Ennis's house, he looks up Julian Duvall online. Uh, we cut to outside the Duval estate. It's nighttime now. Ennis is creeping up to the house. Sam and Dean are nearby, also creeping, but they don't see Ennis yet. Sam says, so, get this. The uh, coroner says... Go this- figure. <laughs> I, know, I, I love Every time he says that, I'm like, yay! <laughs> Sam says, the uh, coroner says this guy, this uh, Julian Duval, shows up, drops three grand to see Sal's corpse. And we see that Ennis is eavesdropping. Dean says, and he lives in a friggin' castle. Who is this guy? Sam says, well, if we're lucky, someone who knows what happened to that monster boy. So we cut to Violet leaving the Duval mansion. She walks by a butler who says, Madam. Violet stops a few steps away and says, you can cut the act, David. And the butler shifts uh, ghoulessly into David, (laughs) who says, how did you? Violet says, I know you. David says, yeah, well, ditto. Violet says, is the real butler okay? David says, he's resting, locked in a closet. Violet <laughs> says, you shouldn't be here. David says, you think I want to be here? It's about Sal. Violet says, I heard. I'm so sorry. Julian didn't do it. David says, yeah, I know. That's why I need you to talk to your brother. Get him to have a sit down with Margot, so they can just work this crap out. Violet says, there's no way that's happening. David says, we can stop a war, Violet. Violet says, one, Julian doesn't want to stop this. And second, how? You're a runaway and I'm I'm a bitch. We don't matter. David says, what's wrong with you? Since when do you play their games? And since when do you let your dad sell you to some dick from New York? Violet says, you think I had a choice? David says, you did. Union Station, midnight. You had a choice. You're the one who said we should go away, live a normal life. You said the time, the place, and I was there where were you? Suddenly, the hooded figure jumps on David from the roof. Uh, David yells to Violet, run! So <laughs> David and the hooded figure wrestle about. Uh, the hooded figure starts to burn David with his silver claws um, when the hooded figure is shot by Ennis. Uh, everyone hears Violet scream, so David runs after her, and Ennis follows, and they cannot find her. David yells, Violet! Violet! And then Sam and Dean join them. Dean has his gun out. Dean says, what the hell's going on? <laughs> David says, it took her. Sam says, wait, who are you? Ennis says, his name is David Lassiter. He's a shapeshifter. Suddenly alarm an alarm goes off and guards start coming out of the Duval house. Dean says, hey, we got to go. Now let's go. So we cut to the Impala. Ennis and David are in the back. Dean says, all right, everyone out. So they all get out of the car. Dean says, So you're telling me there are five monster families that run Chicago? What is this, the godfather with fangs? Yes. (laughs) That is exactly what they're telling you. Yeah. Ennis says, Well, if it is, I'm going to need all the help I can get. Dean says, Well, he doesn't quit. I'll give him that. David says, Violet's not picking up. And he puts down his phone. Sam says, Wait, so this girl, she's a shifter too? David says, Werewolf. Dean and Ennis at the very same time say, Awesome. Anna says, if she has her cell, we could trace her signal. Sam says, yeah, you may be right. All right, what's her number? David says, take me with you and it's all yours. Anna says, no. Oh, hell no. Dude, he's a freaking transformer. Dean says, and sometimes you got to work with the bad guys to get to the worst guys. David says, dude, I'm right here. Dean says, yeah, I see you. <laughs> So then mm-hmm. I'll back in the like, car, I'm yeah.
0: not too concerned, actually. Thank
1: yeah. you. <laughs> Don't care about your feelings. OK, uh, so we cut to inside a room. There's a creepy wall of photos and news clip- newspaper clippings. Violet is chained to a pole. She kind of comes to the hooded guy whose name is uh, I'm going to butcher this. His name is Irv Sokolowski. Yeah, that looks right. OK, so Irv <laughs> says, <laughs> you think I'm some freak like you, but I'm not. I'm just a man with some fun little toys. He removes his hood and his mask and extends his silver claws, which are actually Freddy Krueger gloves. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we cut to the Impala pulling up to a creepy building. Sam, Dean, David and Ennis get out. Sam says signals coming from in there. David says, hey, thanks for, you know, and, and about your girlfriend. um." Ennis says, look, I don't need no apology from you. David says, I lost someone too. Okay, but I'm trying here. Anna says, like
0: stop being a dick, man. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Ah, okay. Anna says, I'm sorry about your brother. He spoke about you in the end. He said, David, I'm sorry. I didn't have a choice. David looks really confused. Dean says, all right, you guys can kiss and make up later. We got work to do. Come on. So we cut back to Irv's room. Irv says, silver, it burns if you're evil. If you're a monster. And then he touches them, uh, his silver claws to Violet, and she flinches. She tries to turn away from the photos and the clippings on the wall, but he turns her face back. Irv says, no, no, you look at him. He was my son, and your brother and the shifter Lassiter, they ripped him apart. The police told me it was a wild animal, and I believed them for years, but now I know the truth. Violet says, please, Sal and Julian hated each other, and neither of them would hurt a kid. Irv says, why should I believe you? You're dead. Tomorrow, they will find pieces of you all over town. Oh, won't the doggies be mad? Violet says, that's what you want. Yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) They will be mad, yeah. She says, you're trying to start a war. Irv says, when freaks start killing freaks, we win. Violet says, no. Once this starts, do you have any idea how many people, how many Uh children will die? Irv kind of seems to consider this, but then he hears a noise. We cut to David, Ennis, Sam, and Dean in some kind of tunnel. Dean says to David, all right, you're with me, Romeo. David says, sounds good, Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, so Sam and Ennis go one way. Dean and David go the other. Uh, Dean and David get separated. And Irv kind of gets the upper hand on David. Uh, Dean yells, kid, David. David. So we cut to Irv's room a little bit later. Now David is chained up too. David says, I'm so sorry, Violet. Irv says, guess I'm going to have to make an example of you too. Violet says, no. Irv goes to cut up Violet. And David yells, don't hurt her. Irv says, why? Because hmm? she's your girlfriend? Hmm? Yeah, I heard you talking. Real sweet. Hell, it was almost human. Almost. And then Irv cuts David with his silver claws, which, make, which makes Violet, like, super wolf out. Uh, <laughs> she gets really mad. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hurt my baby boo shifter. <laughs> Irv says, here's the thing. You can look human and act human. But deep down, you're just a monster. So Violet continues to hulk out and breaks free of her chains. And she attacks Irv. David breaks free as well and says, Violet, no. Please, please, Violet, please. So, Violet stops before she can kill Irv, and she turns back into her human form, and David holds her. David says, It's all right. It's all right. So, Sam, Dean, and Ennis show up with all their weapons out. As Irv starts to get up, Dean says, What'd we miss? Irv says to Ennis, I know you. I'm sorry about your girl, but she was in the way. You understand. I know you do. They're monsters. Like, Anna's, I just
0: killed somebody that I wasn't supposed to, but
1: eh, get over it, man. It was yeah. for
0: the greater cause. It's like, no, you know.
1: No. Ennis no. says, I only see one monster here. And then Anna shoots and kills Irv. Yay, you did something Blasso-y. I approve of. Yeah. So we cut back to the Duval estate. It's daytime now. David and Violet are walking outside. David says, you all right? Violet says, I will be. Are you? David says, I'll get back to you on that. Sal, he said he was sorry. Those were his last words. David, I'm sorry. I didn't have a choice. But Sal never did anything to me. Why would he say that? And then we get a flashback to Violet in Union Station waiting to meet with David. She sees Sal instead. Violet says, Sal, what are you? He's not coming, is he? Sal says, David will be here in a few minutes. But you won't be. Violet says, why are you doing this? Sal says, because he's my little brother, Violet. It's my job to protect him. It's my job to keep our blood pure. Okay, Voldemort. I'm just going to say that. I (laughs) know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Violet says, you believe that bloodline crap? Sal says, we all do. Bloodlines, everyone knowing our place. It's the one thing we all agree on. If your people find out you ran off with a shifter, they'll be looking for payback. And they'll come after my family. And then it's nothing but bad times and dead bodies on both sides. David wants to go straight. That's his call. But he does it alone. So you have a choice, Violet. You can either walk out of here alive, or I'll take you out and dump what's left of you in the lake. Real brotherly, like Sal. Okay. <laughs> Violet. Violet says. Well, Sal, that's not her brother. That's. I know, bro- but like oh. potential future brother-in-law is always Oh yeah. There. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. Violet says, "Sal, I love him." Sal says, "I wish that mattered." So we cut back to reality uh david says to violet even after i left my family i know if things got bad that sal would always have my back so what did he mean violet says i don't know i should go (laughs) and she (laughs) i'm gonna leave now (laughs) i'm gonna not inform you yeah yeah Uh, she turns away and david says sure right that's what you do best violet turns back to him and says david and then they passionately kiss for a (laughs) while And then Violet runs away to the house dramatically. (laughs) Uh, So we cut to uh, the Lassiter house in their dad's sick room. David says, Pop, what? Uh, I just called this guy Lassiter, but I'm going to call him Pop. Okay. Pop says, uh, your sister, she wants war. You have to stop her. So we cut to a short time later in another room in the Lassiter house. uh, David lays Irv's silver claw gloves on the table in front of Margot. And says, all this was just some messed up guy. The Duvals are clean. Margo says, fine, we done? David says, and I'm coming back to the family. Margo says, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, Margo says, I thought you were out. David says, well, now I'm back in. Margo pauses and then smiles. She says, I've waited a long time to hear you say that. Welcome home, David. Then the two bodyguards in the room and the detective all hug David sort of awkwardly. <laughs> then Margot uh, happily hugs him. But when they're hugging, we can see that she's actually very upset. Uh, so we she's cut- got some big emotions. <laughs> she does, <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That always reminds me of... Um, I'm probably going to talk about Doctor Who a lot in this episode, so I'll just start it right now. <laughs> there, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of um, the Twelfth Doctor when he says that he doesn't like hugs, that you can't trust hugs because it's sometimes just a way to hide your face when you're hugging somebody. And I think about that okay. when I hug yeah, people I mean, now. I can see that. Yeah. It's
0: like a very distrustful way to go through life.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the Doctor's like, what? 1200 years old at that point like you've seen a lot of shit you probably oh, don't yeah. trust a lot of people but yeah that, I always think about that when I hug people now I'm like what face are you making <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah. uh... anyway okay so uh, we cut to Ennis's house um, the Impala is pulling up in front of the house Sam says to Ennis you live here alone Ennis says my sister's on the other side of town my mom's out of the picture and my dad well he died Line of duty, a long time ago. Dean says, I'm sorry to hear that. And then Dean's phone rings and he answers. On the phone, he says, yeah. Uh, Ennis says to Sam, so what's next? Sam says, nothing, you're done. Dean on the phone says, okay, we're on our way, yeah. Sam says to Ennis, just give me a sec. Uh, Then to Dean, Sam says, yeah. Dean says, we got a gig. Sam says, you wanna leave? Dean, the city is crawling with monsters. Dean says, Cass has a line on Metatron. This is what we've been waiting. <laughs> uh, this is what we've been waiting for. This is our shot, Sam. Ennis says, "You're going?" Sam says, "Look, we'll uh we'll call in some other hunters, some pros and download them on the monster mob situation. All of it." Ennis says, "Look, guys, I could" Sam says, "Ennis, seriously, don't. You get into this too deep, there's no getting out." And then Sam and Dean just drive away. And Ennis just stands there looking mad and lonely. and I'm Like, what the him. heck, man? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. So we cut to inside Ennis' house. He's looking in his dad's trunk again and loading the gun. Uh, we get, uh, as, as he's doing this, we kind of hear his voice in like a voiceover mode. He says, but I couldn't walk away. This is my fight now. Hell, it's a damn war and I got to start somewhere. Uh, We cut to Irv's creepy room. Ennis Mm -hmm. is looking at all the clippings. Um, Ennis's phone rings. It says unknown caller. Ennis says hello. The voice on the phone says what are you doing? Ennis says who is this? The voice on the phone says if you start hunting the monsters will kill you. Ennis says dad? Dad?
0: And credits. Okay so I'm just going to start all this off with I don't remember like obviously I've watched this episode now and I've watched it a couple of times because it was a couple of weeks ago that I watched it the first time but the first time I like watched the whole thing I did not remember any single thing from the entire episode and I'm like is this one that I like missed somehow like how did it really just
1: like not impress me and so I just like blocked it all (laughs) yeah I mean I I always remember this episode. I only had seen it one time, you know, prior to watching it for the podcast. But like, I mean, it really, it stuck out to me because it's so different than all the other episodes. You know what I mean? Just because it was trying to introduce a new series. Right. So it yeah. really was very different than what we're used to. And, and not in a way that I enjoyed, you know what I mean? And, and is no. just like, God, so annoying to me that like, I was just like, uh when we came to this episode. So.
0: Yeah. I so. just feel like, in most episodes, even if, like, I don't remember a lot of the episode, there's still, like, an instance here or there that I kind of remember, like, a chunk of it, and there was, like, nothing the whole time. I'm, like, sitting there going, I don't remember any of this, and then I'm kind of, like, I've got to remember some part of it at some point, and, like, literally none of it. I'm just, like, this, none of this looks familiar at all. Uh, did you? So. so, you
1: watched this episode on the DVDs, right? Um, this is season nine, so probably, yeah. Probably. I wonder if maybe you, like, skipped a whole disc. I wonder what's on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder. Because you saw the one before but, this, right? The Alexis, the one with Alex, right? Um, that, that one you remember seeing before. I don't know what I episodes were on like so. this. so. But I don't remember um, you saying that that seemed totally new to you. But it'll be interesting to see if the next one you remember, too. Or Is maybe like you were just started the notes for that. Yeah. Let me see what one's um, coming up next. Yeah, maybe you were, I mean, you could just have been No, the next one I
0: remember, because there's a, there's a certain quote in there that I kind of remember. And there's a, actually, there's a few different things from that one that I remember okay. from what I've seen so far. Okay. But, like, yeah, this one, like, I don't know if maybe I, like, left it running on accident while I was making dinner or, like... <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it like nothing that seems familiar, so, anyways, which, I mean, like, okay, fine, you know, like, <laughs> this is not one that I feel the need to, like, super remember, so, whatever. Yeah, um. Also, like, I just don't like the whole, like, Sam and Dean aren't the main characters in this episode, like, it's, just, it's weird to me, like, it didn't really seem like a supernatural episode, it didn't, like... I don't know, it was just, the whole thing was weird, and I know they were trying to do, like, a spin off or whatever from it, but, like,
1: yeah. Eh. yeah, I mean, I I know I texted you, like, I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time that I saw it, but I still didn't really, I didn't really connect with it, you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I didn't know if they were trying to introduce too many people, you know? Which they would do in, like, a pilot episode, really. They would introduce a lot of people. So that's not weird. But, yeah, there wasn't enough Sam and Dean. Now, when you think about, like, the Ghost Facers episodes, especially the first one, maybe first two, there's not a lot of Sam and Dean. That's fine with me. Maybe because there's so much, like, ridiculous comedy going on. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that's the thing
0: for me is, like, with this episode, like, the guy who's supposed to be, like, the main character is so obnoxious and just, like, ugh, that, like... It's not, not that even it's not that it's a to good like episode without yeah. Sam and Dean. Like, there's
1: just no like, there's no redeeming qualities really. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like I, not, I'm sure that guy's a, a fine actor. I don't, I haven't seen him in other oh, things. Oh no. I, I mean think he's he was just the
0: character. Yeah, just the just character.
1: Yeah, you just you don't you don't connect with them. Yeah, you you care more about like David, which you know that's probably intentional. But I like, made
0: him a little too angsty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that
0: it was supposed to be, like, an intense, oh, like, they killed my girlfriend, blah, 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 you know, all that sort of stuff. But, like, at a certain point,
1: like... Your anger issues are disturbing me and making me not want to watch you, you know? Yeah, it's not,
0: like, a fun episode at all as far as, like, actors go, you know? Like, and, well, I shouldn't say actors, I should say characters, you know? yeah. But, yeah, it's just kind of like, really? You know, like, what are we what are we doing here? So, I don't know. I just didn't. The whole thing, I was just kind of like, meh, about. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I also thought the girl, uh, Margot, she looked so much like JJ from Criminal Minds. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Oh, my God. Like, I even had to, like, check and see if that was the same actress. Right? Oh. Huh? Yeah, I, I thought it was her. Absolutely. She's also in the second um movie of uh, final destination, you know, with the logging truck, which I'm sure you've seen no. I'm just, you just need to like watch that scene i'm gonna I'll <laughs> send it to you because it's I mean you're never gonna look at a logging truck the same,
0: which and here's the thing I drive behind a lot of logging trucks, it seems, so' that is not
1: safe for shell i'm gonna I'm gonna show you why <laughs> I'll show you why also it's a movie, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just yeah, I'll show you It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh yeah, I thought it was the Criminal Minds girl, but it's not, and it, it stressed me out every time I saw her. I was like, "Are you sure? Like, it's you?" Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it, like, really brought me out of the story. Not that that's the show or the actress's fault or anything, but yeah. I was just, like totally perplexed by that the whole time. So yeah,
0: yeah. it's like oh,
1: something's is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um.
0: my only other thought was a completely random and kind of stupid one but like I want to know what type of flashlights they use because they're super bright and like (laughs) I kind of have some flashlight jealousy you know oh
1: I had no I I didn't notice their flash like whose flashlights Sam and Dean's all of them all of them wow it
0: seems like all I mean and I've kind of, like, noticed this in other episodes. Like, this isn't just specifically to this episode, but just in general. Like, the flashlights that they use are, like, I don't know if they're, like, completely fake, if they're just, like, super high-powered, like, what they are. But, like, I have not seen many flashlights that are that, like, bright and usable, you know? <laughs>
1: like, yeah, this is a great you know? question to ask, like, um. I want to say Dick Roman, but that's a character. Uh, Richard Spate at like a con, a convention. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, because since he directs episodes, I'm sure he's, you know, there's been a flashlight in one of his episodes. Like he's directed know, right? enough of them, yeah. <laughs> there are always flashlights, so I wonder if he has some some information on that. That'd be a I funny if question. You could just Google that too. I don't know. You
0: probably Seems... can somewhere, you know.
1: These <laughs> were fun to bug him at a convention, but.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not personally, but for you yeah. know,
1: For me <laughs> to watch real, you. I'm
0: never going to ask what type of flashlights that you bring, <laughs> so at a convention. That feels like a waste of time. <laughs> uh, you
1: never know. You never know. There's some stupid shit that people say at conventions, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What's to say?
0: What's to say? And what really drives me nuts, and this happens at every single convention, and, like, it's not always the same, like, question that gets asked year to year, mm-hmm. but, like, every convention, somebody decides that they are going to ask every single actor the same question. By, like, the second day, or, like, the end of the first, let's be real, people are like, oh, my God, stop asking that question. And it's not something fun, like, oh, like, what was your, you know, like, Or like, hey, show us your favorite dance move or something like it's something like what is your acting process or whatever. That's
1: just like nobody cares. I know. I know what you mean. And I think that that is just I mean, I want to like I want to be like a defense of that person. I mean, yes, it is annoying. But, like, I think that person, like, if I'm just trying to put myself in that person's shoes, like, they're, like, I, not that they necessarily care about, like, the questions, but it's just, like, a straight, like, I can ask every single person this question, and it will be new to them. You know what I mean? And who cares what the audience thinks? It's just, I think that's just their way of, like, being able to, like. Not be stressed out in the moment you know what i mean like i'm not going to forget what i have to say but yeah, yeah. As, as someone in the audience it, it does get tired but but you do
0: actors to ask everybody that like yeah. a it's question just... in general let alone like that you know the thing is for me is that like part of it is i feel bad for the actors because even though they haven't necessarily heard that question in that convention yet mm-hmm. like every time somebody asks the same question the whole audience just goes oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, that must be. And weird so the, the actors offer. are
0: like, "Well, what the hell? You know, yeah. like somebody asked me this question that, like, maybe I could care less or want to answer, or whatever. You know, but mm-hmm. like they clearly don't want to hear the answer to it. You know,
1: like why? He you think the person asking the question would hear that as well, and then be like, and oh, be like, maybe I should well, stop asking and that's this the question. Thing.
0: Like this last convention that we went to, I'm thinking specifically of like. It, what's happening towards by the end of like the second day people are just like oh will you, and people are going will you stop asking that quite like out loud will you stop asking that question you know like mm-hmm. and everybody's just kind of like holy cow and then like at one point the lady was like I know I've asked this question to everybody but she like didn't care she was like I'm gonna ask this question no matter what it was kind of like snotty about it almost and it's just <laughs> like if you know that you're irritating everybody with it and like I don't know like it wasn't I don't even remember what the question was, but it was something about, like, oh, I remember what it was. I i don't want to throw anybody under the bus, so I'm not yeah, going to say it. Yeah, I don't it. think you should say but it. But, like, yeah. I do remember what it was, and it was kind of one of those, like, okay, like, yeah, it's interesting the first couple times, but,
1: like, honestly, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was annoying to hear. I, I think that if we heard the same question over and over, whatever the question was, it would get tedious and annoying um it it's it would be different question yeah it, it would be different if they're like hey bust a move you know what I mean yeah. like that would be that would be interesting um I, I can only I can only just think that like the reason I would do that was to you know find that would be a way that I interacted with every actor and had one you know thing to say that they're all going to have different answers for and as an audience member in that situation yes it was annoying but also it was a tiny bit interesting tiny tiny bit interesting that every actor did have a different i mean there was like an a or b answer it wasn't like yeah it wasn't wasn't open it wasn't an open-ended question exactly yeah it was like the problem yeah and so it was interesting to see who you know felt one way and it was a or b you know yeah but but also it was just like "Mm." so i can i can only just assume that that person you know maybe has anxiety issues or whatever and that was just their their way to be able to interact with everybody and not have to worry about coming up with different questions for everybody
0: but yeah, yeah I kind of took it more training, as like but, um, I want to do research on this and like even oh, though like maybe for their own acting
1: yeah
0: type I kind of took it more as like a personal what should I do because mm-hmm. what do you do sort of thing and yeah. it was just like okay you know like
1: <laughs> I could see that yeah I didn't really yeah. I didn't really think about that, but yeah. 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 I don't know. Mostly I just felt bad for them. I, I feel bad when people are annoyed at other people, even if they're being annoying. So that's just, yeah. that's just me, but yeah, it was.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of yeah. took it as a read the room situation and the person like read the room and didn't care and was like, yeah, I'm yeah. doing this anyway. And it's just like, come on, you know, cause at that point it, I mean, people pay a lot of money to go to these conventions. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's not just your time that you're taking. Like, you're taking a good chunk of time. Because you can only answer a certain amount of questions. That's so you're true. taking a good chunk of time that, like, from everybody. Mhm. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, I want to ask these people this question or, like, maybe a few of them or whatever. It's like, you are taking a significant chunk of, of time out of everybody's panel for everyone. Yeah. To, like... Yeah you know it's just like it was kind of selfish honestly is what that's the thing that irritated me the most was like it was like it wasn't i don't know it it, just the way it kind of came across is kind of selfish especially knowing that the person like knew yeah yeah
1: i can see that yeah Uh, yeah i mean if it was me um and i was doing that and everybody was like i would be mortified and i wouldn't do it again you know what i mean you would think Yeah. yeah yeah i would be i'd be like dear god like now i have to hide my face you know I mean, maybe not hide your face, the, but maybe just, yeah, like, well, do keep but... asking
0: the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah,
1: I get it, right. I get it, yeah. Anyways,
0: so, that was that. Um, I don't know how we got from that, or to that from flashlights, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, asking a question, okay, okay, I got it, I yeah, caught okay. it. Um, so, <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode?
1: Okay, well, there were a couple moments that I didn't hate, and that's <laughs> what I'm going to go with. Um... I, and I don't even the first one is pretty vague. I, I can't actually even remember what was happening. I think um, Sam and Dean and Ennis and David were like about to get in the Impala. I'm not really sure. They were they were all uh-huh. together with the car. I don't know if they're getting out or in or what they were doing, but they were kind of like, you know, like bitching about the fact that like, well, I think Ennis was bitching about the fact that David was, you know, a monster, a shapeshifter, right? And yeah. like, why are we working the blah 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 and like. I don't really know. Everyone kind of got involved in the in the conversation, and David was like, "Dude, I'm right here. Like, oh, hello. I yeah. yeah, I like I liked that. That was cute. I, there wasn't a lot of humor in this episode, and I think it might have done a little bit better if there was. Like the vague little bits you yeah. get were kind of from David. Like he's the most mm-hmm. he's he's honestly besides Sam and Dean, who you always kind of relate with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what's going on with them. Uh, he's the most relatable. Other than he them. really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was kind of your kind of your in in this episode, I suppose, because yeah, it was hard to it was hard to deal with Ennis and his his anger issues. You know, like you yeah. understand, but like dude, like chill the fuck out a little bit. So like, um,
0: okay, maybe so- have like a thought of like maybe I should like not just react entirely on emotions. Like it's just. It's kind of one of those like he seemed too much like a child because he didn't know how to like regulate himself, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: and I mean, I guess that would be normal in your first, who knows, I guess time span of grief. You know what? I can't even say that like everyone deals with grief so differently and yeah, you know, different emotions at different times. So I guess that's a personal thing. But they just I didn't, kind of
0: made him seem like an immature character, and it was irritating.
1: Like that's kind of him, my yeah. You they know. didn't give him any other personality trait. That's the thing.
0: You know, yeah.
1: there's literally nothing else except for the beginning when you saw him be sweet to this girl for a sentence. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: like, OK, I think that's all it was. They just didn't give him any more anything else. Any other. There's nothing you know, to work depth. with. other Yeah. Than that. It's literally just I'm angry. So, yeah. Um, OK. That. OK. And then my other uh, moment that I didn't hate uh, was uh, <laughs> um, at the end uh, when. You know, you'll get your flashback of what happened at the train station or whatever with Violet and, and uh, I think it's Sal, uh, David's older brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, whatever. But then, like, she's like, he's like, why did he say that? And she's like, oh, I don't know, you know, and just like yeah. runs away. And then he's like, wait. And she's like, oh, and then they, like, you know, passionately make out. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I enjoy passionate moments, so that was good. That was good for me. Yeah. And then she, you know, did the dramatic like, "Oh, just stop!" And then she runs away again, and I was like, "Yeah, drama." You know, <laughs> like I liked it. I liked that part. So. Yeah. 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 What was your favorite moment, or moments, or not hating Um moments? It or was really
0: me. hard for me to pick a favorite moment because I really didn't care about this episode at all. Yeah, it was really <laughs> a tough um, one. Yeah. I I think my favorite like thing about this episode was getting to see, um, oh, his name's, like, Nathaniel uh, Bozolik or something like that, I think is what his name is. The guy who plays Cole in the originals and the guy who plays David, David. you know, like, I liked seeing him. Like, that was kind of cool because I've seen, you know, all of Vampire Diaries, all of the originals. Have I watched all of Legacies? I don't really know. I think I have. I think I've watched all of that, too. So, Mm -hmm. like, it was kind of fun to, like, see
1: him again in something yeah. other
0: than that, you know, so and like a very different
1: was... character. I mean, still a yeah. supernaturally thing, but like,
0: yeah, very
1: different, very different personality. That was cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely like that was, I liked that, you know, but that was just about the only thing I really could say that I like truly enjoyed about the
1: episode. <laughs> the girl who played Violet was really, um, um, What's the fucking word, Lynn? Not mysterious. Uh, familiar. There we go. That has nothing know, to do with being mysterious. i familiar to
0: me too. Yeah,
1: I couldn't place her. Though, are you gonna look her up?
0: Um. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I I wondered if maybe she was also, you know, on another CW show, but um, I think you would have recognized her if she was in the Vampire Diaries and those spin-offs, which, which is kind of what I was assuming was happening, because yeah, I haven't watched a lot of other CW shows now that I think about it. I mean, I've seen some like you know, Arrow and Flash and stuff, but not, I certainly haven't watched whole seasons of those shows. So yeah, I (laughs) haven't really seen any of it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. She looked familiar, but I I couldn't place it. So I just assumed that you would tell me. (laughs) Violet. Let's see what else she's in.
0: Come on, IMDB. Stop giving me pop-ups. Okay. (laughs) Um,
1: Anything? She was in Star Trek Beyond. Did not see that.
0: Um, let's see. Let's go back here. Let's see. Okay. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Supernatural, Manifest.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, yeah, she's older. She's way older now. Okay. Yeah, that's why she looked a little different and yet slightly familiar. Yes, that's a pretty good show. I've only seen the first like half of the first season, but I uh, liked it. Yeah. And she's like your main your main character, I think, in that show. She was in Star Trek Beyond, Legends of Tomorrow. Did watch a little bit of that, not enough though. I don't Sorority I murder. Yet. I mean, who knows like at this that's something you might watch? Yeah, <laughs> probably. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> um, Leprechaun. Ooh, which one? Uh, she plays Jenny somebody named Le- Jenny Leprechaun Le- Origins oh I don't know I mean I definitely own all of the Leprechaun movies because I mean I'm Irish so but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, she's an Arrow yeah I don't remember if I've how much of Arrow I actually watched yeah I don't but know she yeah. role, but that makes sense I'm thinking of Manifest and she is a lot older now because it's you know still on air Yeah, Um, yeah, the main guy uh, plays her brother in that show, and it's, um, okay, Prince Charming from uh, Once Upon a Time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember
1: what his, uh, David something, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 he's the main guy on that show. It's a pretty good show. It's like these, it's like these um, people get on this airplane. It's like everyone's waiting for this airplane, and for some reason, only half of the people can get on, and the other half, are staying for a later flight. I don't know if it was, like, overbooked or, or what, but they, like, offered, like, money to people who would wait for whatever. Okay. So, mm-hmm. like, you're with this big family, and half of them decide to go now, half of them decide to go later. Um, and one of them that stays are, like, twins. They're, like, kids, like, older, mm-hmm. like, maybe nine-ish or ten-ish kids. And one's a, one twin is a boy, and I think the other twin's a girl. I think the boy goes on the flight, and the girl stays. Anyways, this airplane goes... Maybe I can't re- quite remember. Maybe some like electrical storm shit happens, whatever land fine. It's like four years later mm-hmm. and and they have not aged at all. Well, everyone else, you know, in the real world, not on that airplane has. And like, so it's kind of like a family drama in that way. But like everyone's relationship is different, you know, yeah. everyone's married to other people. It's, just, it's very weird. Um, mm-hmm. Really interesting though. I didn't get yeah. tired of it halfway through. So, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> interesting, but not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I said I didn't get tired of it. No, I just. Oh, I was, you didn't? I thought no, you, you did. I did not. No, I, I'll keep watching it. I think I was just like, I think at that point, like, it hadn't gotten renewed yet for another season. So I was just kind of oh, waiting okay. to see, like, is it, yeah. are they going to tie it up? Because if not, I don't want to watch it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, okay. sorry. Good show. I oh, know, you're good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't remember what, what we're talking mean? about. I don't remember I th- either. I think we're talking about your favorite moment. Oh, okay, okay. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so let's go to the interesting facts. Okay. <laughs> um it says uh this episode was intended as a backdoor pilot episode for a spin-off series called Supernatural Bloodlines. Um unfortunately the spinoff never made it off the ground as this was the show's lowest rated episode in nine seasons. <laughs> Even lower
1: than bugs? Yep. Wow. That's, I mean, well, to be fair, it is not really a normal episode for the show. I mean, it was just so different. You know what I mean? So, like, I just think, like, your core, like, supernatural audience did not connect with that type of show, maybe. You know what I mean? So, I think that's
0: all. Honestly, like, yeah, to me, like, the biggest thing was the annoying part of the supposed main character. You know, like... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't I didn't enjoy this episode really at all. Like, I mean, it was fine it wasn't bad bad, but it was just kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, <coughs> sorry. Are you one okay? of the dog's farted. Oh, no. Oh my god, that's so awful.
1: I'm so sorry. I just took a deep breath in and it burned. <laughs> Do one of them look guilty? Like they know it was their butt.
0: I don't even know, they're both asleep. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that smells so bad. Okay.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>.
0: Okay. <laughs> we're just, my eyes are watering. Okay, we're just gonna keep going. Um, let's see. Uh, Sam and Dean use the FBI aliases of Bonham and Pert. Mm -hmm. Um, A possible reference to John Bonham and Neil Peart, uh, drummers, for Led Zeppelin and Rush, respectively.
1: Mm -hmm. (coughs) Do you have a fan in there? Can you, like, blow it? Can you be upwind? Can you make some upwind? Okay.
0: No. (laughs) Such a small room It's just going to circulate it even more. Oh, yeah. Um, okay um, It says unlike other shifters in the series uh, The ones in this episode didn't have to Shed their skin in order to shapeshift into Someone else uh, I know. Didn't like it
1: Wanted nope. to see some body goo but okay I know. <laughs>
0: um, It says uh, Sean Ferris plays A werewolf in this episode but played a vampire In the Vampire Diaries um, From 2009 um, Another extremely popular CW television series um, I don't Know who Sean Ferris is the werewolf
1: like, Sal. He looked familiar too. I just figured all these guys kind of circulated on the CW. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I have no idea but. who it was. Like, I don't remember thinking anybody looked super mm-hmm. it must
0: not have been a very big role if it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's been a while since I watched Vampire Diaries. so that's mm-hmm. that's, you know, one thing too. Yeah. Um it says uh, the, uh, the scenes alongside the elevated train line should be familiar, um, to anyone who's watched Shameless from 2011, um, Chicago PD and other shows, other shows filmed in Chicago as they all have used the same location.
1: Hmm. Okay, so this was filmed in Chicago, is what you're saying?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. huh Interesting. Um... Okay. It says, uh, Nathaniel Bazalik, I think that's how you say his last name, I'm not totally sure, um, appears on other Supernatural shows, uh, The Originals, The Vampire Diaries. Um, both of these are broadcast on the same network. Um, in these shows, he plays a vampire instead of a sh- shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. I almost said shapeshifter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> <much> um, <laughs>
0: um, it says, at one point, Ennis asks Sam and Dean if they're monster cops. Um, Guest star Bright Bryce Johnson, blah, 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 Sal Lasseter, um, starred on the show Death Valley from 2011, which was about cops that hunted monsters. Yeah, I've never heard of that show. Neither have I. Okay. Um, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, it says, uh, at one point, David responds, sounds good, Buffy. Um, A reference to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. From oh, Night yeah, that Heaven. was
1: another moment that I really enjoyed. hmm That was pretty good, yeah.
0: Um... It says another popular. It's another popular supernatural show with many character cameos. On this one,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, it says siblings Violet and Julian, who are both werewolves, have different eye colors. While they transform into werewolves, uh, Julian's eyes glowed yellow, and Violet's eyes glowed bright green.
1: Okay, okay, so
0: they were brother and
1: sister. That was my question. Okay,
0: yeah, got it. Um, it said uh Jared or it says not said. Um, Jared Padalecki and Bryce Johnson previously appeared in the same episode of Gilmore Girls, um, Runaway Little Boy from 2001, which is season two, episode nine. I don't know who Bryce Johnson is.
1: I don't either. Yeah. I don't remember. I I mean, I could not pick out episodes of the Gilmore Girls either. That was so long ago that I watched those. Oh, yeah. And I watched them all in, like, big chunks. So, like, who even knows, like, what episode I was even on at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Like, I at one point just binged all of it, but I'm pretty sure that was,
0: like, honestly, I couldn't even tell you when that was. I think I was still living at my parents' house, so that was probably at least five, six years ago, you know? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, okay. I heard that one. Somebody just <laughs> who was it? A dog just farted. I think it was Hunter. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> um, uh, okay. It says uh Darla Taylor, um, which is the woman in. It just says woman in office. So I don't know what that okay. means. Um, and Melissa Roxburgh, um, who plays Violet, uh, both had previous roles in different episodes of Supernatural. That's why, mm. um. So it says uh, Taylor, uh, Darla Taylor appeared in Like a Virgin from 2011 as Penny Desert Time um, and uh, Melissa Roxburgh appeared in Supernatural Time After Time as Lila.
1: I can't, I mean I have no I idea. I feel like I remember a Lila. Time After Time, was that a Henry Winchester episode? You know.
2: Okay, up. that's fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay, wait, who who was that first girl you said? I wonder if that's the girl who plays Margo. Oh, no, you said that was this woman in behind desk or whatever. Yeah. I'm confused now. I don't know what's happening. Okay.
0: Oh, Dean ends up... So this is... Time after time is when um, Dean goes back to 1944. Um, and he... Uh, Oh, it's where that there's that other hunter who's like a cop or whatever um oh um um Kronos no. God of Time
1: uh, I am not I thought that was a totally different episode okay I'm just gonna believe you yeah <laughs> that's fine
0: there's okay so it says um there's strange cases of mummified victims um, and the Winchesters go to, um, Lila, oh, the like... guy with the red light, he was like, he had like, um, he was bent over into an alley and he like turned, like with the red light, he like turned somebody into like a mummy. Oh
1: yeah. He, like, t- and Lila was like his girlfriend or whatever. Right. That, I, I think so. Yeah. I remember that name. I, I that sounds right to me. She was like. You Know they like she might
0: have, yeah, the girlfriend or wife or something, whoever, or whoever, yeah, know, his maybe. significant
1: other who he was, yeah, okay. I don't remember her face at all, that is not, but I mean, okay, no.
0: yeah, I don't totally remember, but that seems yeah. right, yeah, okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so it says, uh, Nathaniel Bozalik and Sean Ferris both appeared, um, uh, to two. In two of the same episodes of Pretty Little Liars from 2010. Hmm. Um, and then it says early in 2014. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Sean Ferris also appeared in another episode with Bryce Johnson in 2013. Okay. I don't know who Bryce Johnson is, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, it says um, this is the lowest rated episode of the series coming in at 6.0. The only other episode in the series rated below 7 is the series finale at
1: 6.2. Oh, I forgot about the series finale rating so low. Mm-hmm. So many This people is are upset the lowest
0: rated episode.
1: Okay, so the series finale was rated lower than Bugs is what you're telling. I mean, Bugs has got to be number 3. I always thought it was the worst except for maybe this episode, Bloodlines. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely...
0: So, (laughs) okay, so if you go to the IMDb rating out of 10, it's 5.8. It's not even 6.0 now. It is Mm -hmm. 5.8. Wow. Okay. I wonder, like, if there's a way to see, like, all of the episodes and, like, what they're rated as, you know? Like.
1: Probably not on IMDb, but I bet there's a website somewhere.
0: Well, are they going off of the ratings for the, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's somebody's gotta go through and like write them all down and see which one's like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So moving on to our research, <laughs> um, <laughs> we uh we went with mafia stuff, right? Because I mean, hey, like I don't think we have more mafia things that happen later I than either. I can yeah. remember, anyways. But um so we went to ranker of course
1: <laughs> and, we get all of our trusted information
0: i know <laughs> um and we found an uh uh, 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 uh an article <laughs> i like the thing i don't know what's happening um and it's about and it's uh what was it really like to be in the mafia <clears> okay <throat> um so it says, have you ever wondered what it would really be like to be inducted into one of the five families? In Hollywood, movies like The Godfather, Casino, Goodfellas, and Scarface make being affiliated with organized crime seem like a lucrative, adventurous, and glamorous endeavor. And while some depictions of La Cosa Nostra um, are thing, um, and these films are accurate, um, they also include many fallacies for the audience's entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um in reality, the day-to-day operations of the Mafia are often much duller than the action-filled dramas we see play out on the silver screen. Uh, the life of a mobster can be violent, monotonous, and lonely. Uh, work can be surprisingly labor- uh, laborious, um, uh, money can be scarce for anyone who isn't in the top tier, and it's almost impossible to move up once you've joined La Familia at a specific rank or status. If, you're, or if you still think that you might be interested in taking on the gig, <laughs> read on to find out precisely what you can expect after you take the oath. Oh, geez. Um, so the first one is you do monotonous work with no overtime. Um, it says just because you're raking the dough for the family business doesn't mean the organized crime hustle will make you rich. Uh, button men uh, slaying for mafia soldiers and associates work long hours and rarely see the funds they produce most of the money goes back to the organization to pay off high interest loans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It says wise guys must be ready and willing to work at all hours and don't receive automatic payments in their bank accounts. Like typical jobs provide instead um, men get paid when the Don decides the job is finished. Uh, Bosses expect bodyguards to be available at all times to protect their families and can be called at a moment's notice. Um, While you can't expect to be paid for the overtime, you can expect to get a beating if rumor gets out that you sat too close to another man or another made man's wife during a job. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Um, It says because the mob hierarchy specifically established itself to keep undertakings as private as possible. Most members have specific mundane jobs that keep them from gaining too much information regarding La Cosa Nostra's grand schemes. Money doesn't also uh, flow directly into mafia's pockets, and associates often acquire smaller jobs just to earn extra cash. Oh, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The second thing is you constantly romanticize the past. Um, It says, no matter when you came up, you'll always remember the golden age of the mob, which began around the 1920s and lasted through the 70s. Former made men say that while organized crime does still exist, um, being in the business is nothing like it used to be. Um, whether you're sitting at a desk job talking real estate, managing a construction site, or running a restaurant as a cover, it will never compare to the glory days full of extortion, shakedowns, and shoot-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like a better gig, though, to not, like, constantly be worried about dying. So Exactly, know, yeah, I agree with There's that, you. too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, many mafiosi... I didn't know that was a word. Um also cite the golden age as a time of honor and loyalty but argue that those times no longer exist. Now everyone breaks the rules. Um according to them, new candidates for Lacosta no, or Lacosa Nostra also have no fundamental understanding of how the syndicate runs and ask ridiculous questions like how other members will know that they are made men. <laughs> mhm. Um, you'll always hear about how the original gangsters of the nineteen twenties came from poverty and had to work much harder for the things that younger generations of mobsters take for granted. Uh today, good fellas um will also relate that their fathers and grandfathers in the nineteen sixties and seventies were half crazy and paid no attention to their ancestors' rules and regulations when they first came to the US. They claim that the business has gone soft and that nobody really knows or understands what they should be doing. <laughs> Huh. Um it says in 2016 Frank De Matteo I think um told Vice they're afraid of everything. <laughs> it's like a fucking joke now. <laughs> You've got no <laughs> respect. Every other crew is laughing at you.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay. At that point
0: like I kind of want to say why bother but you know, for real. Whatever. Um so uh number 3 it says you must dress to impress and it can get old. <laughs> Um, it says if you're in the mob, expect to follow a strict dress code. Uh, the type and style of clothing depends on um, which family you made an oath to, but you should also dress to imp- or you should always dress to impress. If you're not properly clothed, businessmen won't take you seriously. Um, it says take it from mob survivor Frank Di Matteo. Uh, there's a dress code in the mafia. You wore a goomba suit every day. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know that. Specific type of suit, I'm guessing. Um, you always had to look good, always. Because if you looked like a bum, no one's going to do business with you. There were I two mean, styles. that's just business,
1: really. I mean, in general, it. yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> it says, there were two styles, shirt and tie, or button-down knit shirts and sweaters for when you were in the club in the daytime. You always had to wear shoes, not sneakers. We'd never heard of them. <laughs> sure, yeah. you could be crazy, but you had to dress proper.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious, okay.
0: <laughs> um. It says, you may think that once you're caught in illegal activity, you can at least relax your style um however you're expected to dress the part of a made man even if you end up in prison uh the sagaria uh, clan wears samsonite shoes with cashmere socks and designer clothes even when locked in the slammer um the shiavon i'm guessing is how you say that group uh, requires its members to maintain impeccable grooming standards with well-trimmed beards and hair without gel um, many mob oh. members who work in the drug business also wear Rolexes as a sign of success. Okay. Uh, it says, despite the pickiness about outward attire, tattoos are accepted and even encouraged, especially if they're expressions of loyalty to one's chosen family. The Kimoras have a long tradition of tattooing words like, don't touch my family, and respect, loyalty, honor on their bodies to convey their affiliations that date back to the 1920s.
1: Okay. Um, a crappy tattoo. I know.
0: <laughs> Uh, it says you have to do lots of manual labor uh it says the mafia runs on funds and they don't always come easily if you're a family associate expect to do a lot of manual labor don't worry though you'll more likely be required to unload trucks than dispose of bodies Um, although smaller extortion prostitution and drug rings uh, comprise some of the mob's income they need bigger jobs to keep the cash flow steady and out of the public eye um, hijacking big rigs full of clothes and stereo equipment was one of John Gody's uh, favorite ways to make a quick buck in his early days. Mafiosi, um, or I, I don't know, mafiosi maybe? I don't know. Mafiosi? I feel I know, like that yeah. sounds better. I don't know. Often pay <laughs> off truck drivers to misplace crates of goods for associates to pick up later. Um, other backbreaking work includes moving jukeboxes
1: in and out of bars and loading hundreds of cases of cigarettes in and out of vehicles. <laughs> Oh, I just want to interject real quick. Um, now yeah. I feel bad about my crappy tattoo comment. And if that's your tattoo, I'm sorry I just done it. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I'm feeling regret. Uh,
0: no, it's, it's kind of one of those, ex- like, live, love, laugh signs, you yeah, know? Yeah, everyone like...
1: can express themselves, obviously, however they want to. Yeah. And if that's your thing, I, I get it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, continue. To All me, right.
0: it just kind of reminds me of, like, the live, love, laugh signs. Like,
1: okay, we get it. Like, I think i have more happy, but, like you know, I don't know. I think I was more assuming that, like, maybe they had to get that tattoo. Like, if oh, I want a I tattoo. Maybe it's required it like... that they had to. And that would suck, you know, like, yeah. having to get a tattoo that someone's forcing you to do. But, like, if that's what you want to do, you know, more power to you. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, it's a tradition of doing it, so I would assume that you do kind of have to, you know. Maybe, yeah. And that's kind of a weird... That's, like, if somebody was, like, oh, you're a generic, like, White person, you have to give live, love, laugh tattooed on you. Like that would kind of suck, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <the word>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it said uh, where were we? Okay, uh, cigarettes in and out of vehicles. Okay, um, so it says made men also take on real world jobs to avoid suspicion or the attention of law enforcement. Um, In addition to any family business you conduct, you'll also need a good cover occupation. Some of the mob's favorite alternative trades are real estate, restaurants, and construction work. Generally, the feds are less suspecting when they conduct surveillance efforts on a possible made man, only to find he spends most of his time in the mud at a work site. Yeah. Um, The next one is you have a specialty. Um, Each member plays a specific role in ensuring that no one ever truly knows the full spectrum of the family's mob work. Um, As a teen, you'll most likely drive other made men around as they do their business. Um, Entire families of blood relatives often join the syndicate under a particular profession, such as being assassins. Bosses call on bodyguards to protect themselves and the families of other made men. Um, capos, which are captains, um, have specific positions they operate and are often denied as the leaders of specific criminal activities in a detailed location. For instance, one capo may be in charge of everything west of a particular neighborhood block, while another is in charge of illegal gambling.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Um,
0: It says, uh, suppose you're not officially inducted and are just an associate. In that case, you'll most likely remain in whatever position you had before your mob ties because it's the role that determined your usefulness to the Don. Um, These roles include, but are not limited to, robbers, bookkeepers, drug dealers, politicians, and law enforcement. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, It says, uh, so work comes before family. It says, when you're in the mob, La Familia takes priority over your actual kin. Women are rarely recruited into the business and children from families with mafia ties usually recall later that they rarely saw their fathers. Instead of showing up for family picnics, little league games and other family related events, uh, made men show their appreciation for family dedication by giving their loved ones expensive gifts. Um, although some boys choose to join the family business and are inducted as young as 13 or 14, uh, those who want a life outside of organized crime often resent that they grew up without their fathers around. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. um, it says former maid man Frank DiMatteo, um, whose father and grandfather were involved in the Colombo Mafia, recalled what it was like growing up. He goes eight, nine. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I was busy being a little kid. I didn't comprehend the mafia stuff or the real mafia stuff because it wasn't really spoken about, and there were no books and newspapers in our face every second like now. By ten, you notice your uncles and a lot of different, or are a lot different from other people. They're whispering, and then there are people coming around, and they dress differently than other families. By twelve or thirteen, I knew who everybody was. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, uh, children aren't the only ones who suffer. While being married to a frequent, uh, frequently absent husband might be challenging, choosing to leave one is even more complicated. Um, some women who have sought to leave their mobster husbands have endured physical, emotional, and psychological abuse, have gone into hiding, were kidnapped, committed suicide, or were downright terminated.
1: Damn. That's like, crazy. I mean, that's you know, not surprising. now. So,
0: like Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um... It says, uh, so, seven, there's a strict code of rules, but everyone has an excuse to break them. Um, it says, mafiosi or mafiosi have a strict set of rules, and the first one is that you must be a full-blooded Italian. However, they're willing to make exceptions regarding lesser offenses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> While many misdeeds were punishable by death during the Golden Age, modern-day gangsters get off a lot easier when breaking a rule. Um, John panisi um formerly of the oh gosh Lucisi mm. <laughs> crime family um shared that mobsters aren't allowed to be intentionally involved in lawsuits, invest in the stock market or kill women and children uh, made men are forbidden to hit made men are forbidden to hit on another member's wife um though some affairs slip through the cracks. <laughs> Um, It says, because the mafia was notorious for using explosive devices in Italy, um, mob soldiers were banned from using them to conduct business in the U.S. Still, that didn't stop them from placing a bomb underneath Gambino underboss Frankie DeCiccio's car. Um, Despite a strict no-drug-dealing policy at one time, um, each of the five families has had at least one member tied to a drug-related business. Uh, The enterprise brings in too much money to stop the smuggling. Yeah, Um, it says reportedly there aren't as many dirty cops or sneaky politicians being paid under the table to work with mafiosi in uh, New York as there once were. And Panisi asserts most families don't hold the same political power they once did. Um, uh, Number eight, it says you get in to try and move up, even though that's uncommon. Um, it says, if you join one of the five families in hopes of eventually becoming a Don, it's doubtful that you'll ever reach your career goals. <laughs> each gang in the mafia is considered a family and each family has roughly between 10 and a hundred members. Each, each association has only one boss followed by the underboss next in line. Some of the captains or capos, um, followed by the maid, uh, followed by the made men. um, Everyone else who works for the family is an associate, and there's a big hierarchical, anyways, gap between them and the rest of the crew. Yeah, I'm like,
2: yeah. you're doing great. You're doing
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says dons must approve new family branches, and new groups are rare. Uh, the boss makes all the decisions for the entire syndicate, and also benefits from receiving most of the family income. Um, Some underbosses sometimes make decisions without consulting their Don, but the power he holds varies. Often, uh, the underboss serves as an apprentice in um, in case his Don gets too old to conduct meetings, is sentenced to prison, or gets bumped off. Mm -hmm. Um, It says, Capos lead their own sections of the family and are often stationed in a specific geographic location. Soldiers conduct most of the dirty work and are considered the family's bottom members. Uh, Dons also employ associates, but they aren't made men and are usually just just experienced robbers or dirty politicians. Uh, Because each person holds a specific job, moving up in the family ranks is rare. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Number nine, there are so many tax forms. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, It says a surprising amount of tax forms and paperwork is necessary to conduct illegal businesses securely. Um, When a mob hit, shipment of goods, or gambling event plays well, you can't just stash the money in a regular bank account. Instead, you'll need to launder it, which can get tedious under the numerous business fronts essential to keep the FBI off your case. Mm -hmm. Um, Bars that don't do well are the perfect place to hide extra income because cash can move quietly through mob hands as they make relatively small tax contributions um still gangsters need many of these shells for the operation's success meaning that each dive bar requires its own tax return uh the more successful your underground business is the more paperwork you'll have to complete for your shell establishments (laughs) Mm. uh number 10 is violence can come out of nowhere um it says just having ties to mob members can lead to serious injury especially when the situation involves a female connected to the family after spending a day at the prison visiting her dad, Gambino godfather John Gotti, Victoria Gode, uh decided she wanted to catch a movie on the way home. Her uncle, Peter Gotti felt she needed a chaperone and ordered one of his bodyguards to attend the show with the young woman. It seemed as though everything went well until Victoria's husband, Carmen Bull Agnello, a Gambino capo, found out about the quote-unquote date night. <laughs> uh, t- to prove a point... Agnello ordered the bodyguard to his junkyard and broke his arm with a baseball bat. God.
1: That's not, that's not fair. It wasn't no, a decision. No, like, he was doing his job, you know? Yeah, like, somebody told him to do that. His bot No, it was her uncle. So, like,
0: what? You know,
1: like... I <laughs> wonder if there's more to that story. There's gotta be.
0: Um, It says it's also not uncommon for children to witness violence at a young age. Um, When he was 11 years old, son of mobster... Giuseppe Deciso? I don't know. Um, Witnessed his two uncles' bodies lying on the ground after hearing the gunshots that suddenly ended their lives. Um, When a made man strays from the oath of silence and loyalty to the family, he'll often end up lifeless on his property or on one of the sidewalks he frequents. Ah. So, you know, that's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. So, 11 is uh, be ready to network and uh, pitch. It says, you may think that choosing one of the five families means you'll automatically become enemies with members of the other organized crime groups. However, part of being a wise guy entails knowing when and where to make the right connections that will mutually benefit your endeavors. To earn greater profits, the five families even sometimes come together to form a commission, um, with each group playing a vital role in devising ground rules and regulations that the entire mafia must follow. Hmm. Um, In addition to making business partners out of other local syndicates, it's not uncommon for La Cosa Nostra um, to make business deals and friends with members of the Sicilian and even Russian mobs. Um, Business always comes first for Italian-American mafiosi and uh, and made men have no issue putting differences aside if it means both parties reach their end goals. Historical rumors suggest the Kennedy family had mob connections, um, possibly creating strong political ties that moved all the way into the White House. Because casinos make huge profits, mixing business with pleasure in Las Vegas was also an obvious step towards solid partnerships with business leaders in the city. Yeah, Um,
1: that makes sense.
0: It says, on a smaller scale, you'll also need to connect with local waste management and municipal agents so you have trustworthy acquaintances to help keep your side hustles a secret from local law enforcement. It's not uncommon for families to stay close to the contract work they did before moving into organized crime because they always have friends in the business. Mm. (laughs) Number 12. And then I'm gonna. Oh, and then that's the end. I was like, these just Um, keep going. I didn't think there was that many. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says you take lots of cues from your favorite mafia movies and shows and help them out when you can. Um, It says, wise guys on the inside report that while Hollywood definitely takes liberties in creating a good mafia movie, uh, script writers often depict mob life so well that they probably received tips and advice from made men. Um, As with other business endeavors, Hollywood and the mob share a mutually beneficial relationship. (laughs) Um, It says, just as Vito Corleone um refused to enter the drug business in and the in and the Godfather uh, many bosses have uh banned their elements drug smuggling activities as blockbuster films like the Godfather casino and goodfellas created intrigue and appeal for broader uh, broader audiences um some mafiosi have even cap uh capitalized on the mystique by taking to social media to share their experiences Um, It says, Sammy the Bull Gravano and Joy Panisi are two recent examples. Both contributed to podcasts detailing life as mob members. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting. Like, I don't know. So does that imply that they're not in the mob anymore and they're talking about
1: it? Or they're, like, still in it and just able to talk about it? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like either one of those options is enough to, like, get you killed for telling... secrets yeah so
0: i don't know Yeah, like i don't know to me that's kind of like one of those i don't know if i would want a podcast where that other people know that i'm you know yeah, I don't spilling know. the trade
1: secrets you know? yeah. maybe maybe they just because they're so vocal about it you know if something did happen to them it would be obvious who did it you know but like yeah. i don't know if that's true or not really or maybe, if the mom even yeah. cares about that. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, so what was your injured harassment moment from this week?
1: Uh, okay. So sorry, that noise made me need to stretch. Okay. Um, okay. So for like the last three like spring summer times, so my my dad and uh, my stepmom, you know, they're in town for and summer and then Mm. you know they're snowbirds right they go down Mm. south in the fall and winter Mm. um so while they're here you know we probably see them you know two to three times a month um Mm. when they're in town because they're a couple hours away Mm. and um they you know we spend you know two nights together usually um in those situations and you know kayleen goes to bed and then we watch a couple episodes of something so the last three years um Okay, so three years ago, I'm like, hey, like, you guys are super into like sci-fi, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, love cheesy Star Trek stuff. Like, your natural progression is Doctor <laughs> Who. Okay, it <laughs> is. Just it is. Like there's, you have no, to. This is what happens. Yeah, to happen. this is. Yeah, you know, like it's it's right up their alley. Like it's perfect. So, like okay, great. Like I love Dr. Who. I'm going to share something I love with you. So I got them Mm -hmm. the first, um, the first, well, the ninth doctors, you know, new Dr. Who era. Um, you start at the ninth doctor. Um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, so I got them his, you know, he's, he's the doctor for a season, which is like, I don't know, 10 episodes, maybe not even that many, maybe 12. I can't remember. Yeah. So not a lot, you know, the episodes are like, I don't know, 50 minutes to an hour, whatever. Um, And um, I was like, OK, here's here's these DVDs. Like, watch them, you know, like mm-hmm. you can take them with you when you go down south and watch them or whatever. And um, so the first you know, weekend that we were together after I got them, we watched the first few episodes of that season, which mm-hmm. I- I'm just going to go ahead and say it like that first season is hard to get into. If you've never seen it before, you know, it's it's really low budget, um, which is fine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's it is. What it is. that's not weird for that genre, you know? I mean, Especially, look at
0: supernatural when it first started, the CGI okay. and everything, not so good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. I mean, they don't, they just don't have a big budget, like, you know. Yeah. And it, it is kind of cheesy. You got to keep in mind, like Doctor Who is a a family show, which means suitable for children, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, the whole show, anyway, started out as being a show to teach children about science. You know what I mean? and yeah. Stuff like that. So, um, anyway, um, now it's more morals and blah 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 but um so my point is like when i was watching that season for the first time myself i I had to get into like six episodes before i even cared and i was like ah i mean i guess i'm just gonna keep watching this and then eventually i was like oh thank god i did because i love this you know what i mean yeah <laughs> but it does take like half a season to like even decide if you're going to keep going which some people don't make it that far you know what i mean and yeah if you do like you won't regret it but it's you know just drink a a lot yeah so like so we watched like the first three episodes and they were like yes all right it's okay um they went down south they forgot to bring their dvds they did not bring it so okay they come back up and i'm like all right well what if i just show them like the greatest hits you know what i mean like i'm gonna show them like we're gonna go back and forth between doctors you know Mm -hmm. and i'll show you the really good episodes and then you'll want to watch all of it. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. be like, oh, this is great. Like now let's start at the beginning and do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that for three years. Like I'm out of, I'm out of greatest hits at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, really, <laughs> there's sure only so much you can do. <laughs> there's. I mean, there's a lot of episodes that are still considered amazing, but involve characters that you have to care about for two and a half seasons that I haven't showed them because they have such long story arcs. You know what I mean? Like, So that cuts out a lot of episodes that will make sense or you will even care about, you know? So, yeah. So, (laughs) excuse me. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know what to do. Like, and they've been like, Oh, well, you know, we've seen like, they really like what they've seen. They really Mm -hmm. like it. Sorry. Now I need a drink. I just got all, (laughs) you just got too excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So they've, you know, lately been like, Hey, like, let's just start at the beginning again. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like you're finally there. Cool. So they said this a couple months ago. I've still like, when we've gotten together, I'm still showing them like different episodes, you know, greatest hits, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so, okay. We've been doing this for three years. All right. Like two weeks ago we did this. And at the end, my dad stood up and said, Huh, I think I'm finally starting to, See why Doctor Who is cool? Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking years, really? You've like... been watching this show with me for three years that you didn't enjoy. Like, is that what you're saying? Uh... Dude, yeah, you're
0: weird. Like, it. like, <laughs> like, are you truly saying that you just like? Were you not paying attention before, and you were just like sitting through it because I asked you to? Like, what's I mean, yeah, going on? I was, you know? I saw,
1: and then, and then, you know, his wife was like, "Oh yeah, me too," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, why? What do you mean? Like, yeah. yeah later, you know, I, I was, I was talking to, you know, my stepmom the next day, and I was like, "I can't believe my dad said that." And she was like, "You know, I think that it was more of like, you know, like." What did she say now of course I've completely forgot what I'm talking about. She explained it in a way that made me feel that it wasn't the case that he was just watching it because I wanted him to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I talked about it with my dad a little bit later like hey if I'm showing you something you don't want to continue watching like just say it you don't have to sit with there for three fucking years you know. Yeah. I said it a little nicer than that but um and he was <laughs> like he was like no 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 he's like I've I've always enjoyed it it's just that like he's cuz I've been switching him between doctors you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. The, it's all one person you know what I mean yeah. they just when that person's body dies they regenerate to this different body with a different personality and mm-hmm. they retain all those memories and everything you know but like yeah same person and like well he understood that concept the whole time because that's kind of the point like he was like I can actually see it now you know after after yeah. you showing me you know four doctors
0: it kind <laughs> like, clicks
1: me that like these are the same person you yeah. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, and the significance of that, he's like, and that is a really cool thing that the show does. And I was like, okay, but it made me feel better. But at the same time, like, what? Like, like did I not explain that to you at the beginning? Like, it's what's been three the, years. You know? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my dad, obviously, and my stepmom are very intelligent people. So I feel like maybe I'm just not getting what they're saying. But I just mostly felt like an idiot for making them watch a show for three years that they didn't want to watch. Which they assure me isn't the case, but here I sit feeling that way still, so.
0: I mean, I would kind of feel that way. Like, okay, like, why would you, like, actually, like, like, why wouldn't you say that you don't want to watch it or, like, whatever, instead of just, like, having me, like, make you
1: watch it for literal years? (laughs) (laughs) Literal years. And you got to keep in mind that, like, that's, what, six months, maybe, what, like, that's, like, I'm going to say, what? Maybe fifteen episodes. No, that's a lot. Yeah, okay, like fifteen. I mean, okay. I don't know. It's not. It's not a. It's not a lot of episodes they've seen, really, in that three years. But it's enough to know if you like something. So, I just. I felt bad. I felt like an ass, butt for making them watch something. But um, I mean, they ended up liking it, so it's not all bad. They really like it. Yeah, I think. I think the key to getting my dad to like it and to be more invested anyways was showing him the 12th doctor who was like this grumpy old scottish man he's the guy who i told you doesn't trust hugs you know what i mean that guy Mm -hmm. my dad really really feels the connection to this doctor (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's when he should have (laughs) started i guess i didn't think so i mean his his episodes um they are a little bit more well, they're scary episodes compared to the other Doctors, which I appreciate, you know, because I like oh, yeah. that genre. They are, there's actually some some terrifying episodes. So, I you know, I don't watch those around Killian because they're too scary. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do now is. Like, they're all, like, should I just start them from the beginning? Will they sit through those first six episodes? I mean, that's going to take, fuck, like a month, you know, to get them through yeah. that.
0: I mean, I feel like at the point where they know, you know that they like it, just, like, make them start from the beginning, so then that way, like, you know, they
1: can keep up with it,
0: you know, like, and kind of understand yeah. what's happening more, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just, like, bitched about that. I just, I wasn't sure, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, did I, did I, was I a horrible child, you know, forcing them? No. I mean, I, I
0: didn't. I feel like I that was kind them. of on them for, like, not saying something if they didn't want to watch it, you
1: know, like... I don't know. I I wish I could remember now. This really was, like, a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they they made me feel like that wasn't the case. That they had enjoyed it. And they did understand the concept of, like, this is the same person. You know what I mean? Yeah, eventually. You know, but, like, I mean, they got that. I explained that to them. I mean, that's, like, the whole, like, core thing, really. But, like, they just finally, I don't know, finally, (laughs) I don't know. Actually liked it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. So, anyways, I. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where I stand with that. But I also feel a lot of pressure to be, like, to show them, like, more good stuff. But, like, I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm out of episodes that are going to make yeah. sense anyway. So, anyway, yeah. I could babble on about this forever, but I'm going to stop. What is your... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mine was uh, Steve-related. Uh, So, you know, critters around this time of year get fleas, right? So, we're giving all of our animals... um bath. Mm-hmm. And Steve has to go first because the stuff that he is bathed in, I think is okay for the dogs to be in, but the stuff that the dogs are in is not okay for him to be in sort of thing. So he's always got to be the first one to get a bath, right? Okay. So every time you go and you fill up <laughs> the, um, the bathtub in our extra in our bathroom or not in our bathroom but in the extra bathroom. Um Steve hides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like nobody goes hands. in this bathroom unless I'm getting a bath, you know, <laughs> or yeah. somebody's getting a bath and I don't want to be part of it, you know. Uh-huh. Um and so I was, you know, getting all that set up and I was trying to like find the stuff and I I asked Travis I was like, "Hey, can you grab Steve to bring him in here?" I didn't like I feel kind of like an ass, but because I didn't like explain how to grab him, but also I kind of figured that it was like common knowledge that you don't like hold a cat, like a baby, like claws towards you when you're about to do something to them. I don't (laughs) don't know. (laughs) Steve, like he starts like cussing and stuff. Like, he's just like, Oh God, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, grabs on to travis right but like not bad but he's kind of like out out you know like whatever but it's nothing like super bad Mm -hmm. he then brings him into the bathroom and tries to um (laughs) drop him in the i mean not drop him but like put him in the tub yeah and steve decides oh hell no and then Hooks his claws into Travis's shoulder blade. Oh no. Up and over his neck and behind him and is just hanging on for dear life. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. Not put me in this thing, you know, like, (laughs) no, no. And Travis is like, ah (laughs) He, like, grabbed his chest on one side and grabbed the opposite, like, shoulder blade and was like, you will not do this to me today. (laughs) No, 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 no. And so it was kind of funny because, I mean, it was kind of funny because I was like, okay, I feel like this should be, like, something that you would, like, think about, you know? Yeah. I kind of felt like an asshole for, like, letting... (laughs) Uh, not letting, but, like, having my cat annihilate him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a good, like, gouge. Okay, what in the heck? And Maisie just decided she needed to jump in my lap. Oh, hi, Maisie. Oh, she can't hear me. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, and so, like, he just, I mean, he had, like, a good, like, gouge in his shoulder blade of just, like, a perfect little, like, cat nail, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, like, I'm sorry, you know, like, yeah. Aww. Oh, no. so I, did Steve, did... have him face you, you should, like, I told him, I was like, listen, when I, like, pick him up for, like, a bath time or anything unpleasant that he's not gonna love, like, I literally, like, grab him around his rib cage, underneath his armpits, so his arms are, like, stuck out, yeah. <laughs> him, and I face those things away from me, you know, yeah. like, Aww. like, up and, like, hold him at an arm's length so that way he can't like do anything and he's just like straight in the tub and there's cussing involved but there's no like fingernails that happen so yeah
1: so did he get in the tub eventually
0: oh yeah no it was okay. I mean I had
1: to literally
0: unstick him from <laughs> Travis Aww. like a freaking cactus but yeah it, it did work so yeah that's that's <laughs> that. <laughs> oh
1: poor steve poor travis
0: i know i felt kind of bad for both of them they were both a little traumatized but <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> well <laughs> travis learned his lesson
0: yep <laughs> <laughs> the painful way
2: to, i know, know
0: and you probably never in fact helped me get steve in the bathtub again <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah oh. i mean it is what it
1: is that's fair you know <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i should not be laughing at travis Pain, but
0: I mean, it was kind of funny and like not like you know, like it was just kind of like, okay, you know, like this it's kind of one of those that you laugh because it's
1: just a total shit show, you know, (laughs) like
0: I don't know what to do, (laughs) you know, like
1: (laughs) and I'm sure Steve was just like yapping the whole time.
0: Oh, yeah, he was not thrilled.
1: (laughs) I I know. Oh, that's what Killian was saying about Steve that how much he loves how much he talks to him. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I love that about Steve too. (laughs) (laughs) okay well thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans you can email us at idgitsandasputspodcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out you can also find us on facebook and instagram under idgitsandasputs a supernatural podcast make sure to rate and review us on itunes and send us your idgit and asput moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast thanks again thank you